Good morning. Welcome to today's Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. Two weeks ago, I did a program that I had been wanting to do for quite a while to be thorough. I presented Donald Trump in a great prophecy out of the Old Testament, out of 1 Kings chapter 8, and Revelation chapter 17, verse 10. In 1 Kings 8, on the day of the dedication of the temple, King Solomon gave a prophecy to the children of Israel that there would be a stranger who would come from a distant land to pray toward the temple. Donald Trump fulfilled that prophecy May 22, 2017, his first trip abroad. This was the prophecy of a stranger who would come from a distant land who was not Jewish. He would come to ascribe greatness to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, ascribe greatness to the Jewish, to the, the, the God who the Jewish people served. We know him as Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach to the Jewish people. That prophecy was fulfilled on May 22nd, 2017. A stranger landed in Tel Aviv, came from a great nation, the United States of America, in Air Force One. The king with his wife came to visit the 12 tribes of Israel, and he would go firstly to the Wailing Wall or the Western Wall, and just like King Solomon, or like, yes, King Solomon stated, he would not go to the temple site. He would go and pray toward the temple from a distance. Donald Trump went to the Wailing Wall, the Western Wall. He prayed toward the temple, fulfilling Solomon's prophecy about a stranger who would come from a distant land who was not of the children of Israel and ascribe greatness to the God of Israel by acknowledging this God that King Solomon was dedicating the temple to, he would ascribe greatness to that God. But Donald Trump, as a born-again Christian, came to bring the presence of God, active presence to Israel in the form of Christ being in, in him. Active presence. Every single believer, every Christian that is born again, every you cannot be a Christian unless you are born again. If you are not born again, you're a nominal Christian. 
in name only. You are not a Christian. You are not a true born-again individual. You are nothing but a nominal Christian. Before I met Christ as a Catholic, to the time that I was almost 22, I was a nominal Christian. I was raised Catholic, baptized when I was a child into Catholicism, but I did not know Christ. Christ was not in me. I knew of God. I knew of Jesus Christ as the Son of God who hung on the cross, but Jesus Christ was not in me. I was not born again. I did not have the active presence of God within me. If you are a born-again Christian, Christ is not sitting on the throne in the third heavens only. He is sitting in your, your human spirit. He is in your human spirit. The active presence of Christ, of God Almighty, is in you. You are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. You're an ambassador. You are an heir of all the riches of Jesus Christ, of Yeshua HaMashiach. You All the riches you have because you are an heir. You are a son, a brother to Jesus Christ. You are a son of God. You are an heir because Jesus Christ is in you. The active presence of God is inside of every individual that is born again. If you are not born again, you are religious. You have a knowledge in your mind. You believe God is real, that God exists, God is eternal, God has a Savior Son. He was born of a virgin. And that He is Christ. You may not know that He is God, but you know He's the Son of God. All of this is in your mind, just in your thinking, in your head, in your logic. But if Jesus Christ, if you have not repented, if you have not realized that you are full of evil, of sin, every, every form of evil in your heart that you have to repent of and ask God to forgive you for every evil you have ever committed, if you have never done that, chances are you are not born again. But if you have had a true repentance and asking God and recognizing that you need a Savior to save you from what you are, from what you've done, and when you have that realization and you ask Jesus Christ to forgive you for your sins 
and you ask that his that he forgive you and that he will come and live inside of you so that his active presence will come and who he is will live inside of you upon doing that you will be born again Christ that you knew of intellectually is now experientially inside of you but you have to repent every man his heart is full of evil mankind can do nothing according to the Apostle Paul nothing good resides in a man in an individual nothing good we're all fallen far from God God haters haters of good but we can repent of that and have a change in our heart and realize that uh, without Christ life is going to continue to be miserable you're not going to have any hope you have no future though you day by day you get up go about your duties you still have a an emptiness a void a vacuum in you that you want to fill with something and that spirit deep within you was created for one thing Christ Christ is the only person that is going to fill that vacuum that emptiness that you have you pray and you ask him Lord Jesus I repent of my sins I need a Savior come please wash my sins away come live inside of me and give me hope for the future give me new direction give me a purpose that is worth something that is meaningful give me a purpose something great I wasn't created just to go through life to die I was born to do something significant in life to help mankind I'm valuable but not without you without you my value is worthless with you I am valuable beyond my own comprehension two weeks ago I began and I just felt that the Christian community has a right to know who Donald Trump is and who this stranger that King Solomon spoke of he's dedicating the temple he's telling Israel that the God is going to his active presence is going to reside in the temple in the Holy of Holies the very God who dwells in heaven 
You can't build a home for him. You can't build a residence for him on this earth. But he's going to come and he's going to reside and his active presence will be in this temple. Well, Solomon in a type was saying that everyone listening to me right now, you are a temple just like Solomon built, but you are a temple made of flesh, bones, and blood. And in you, you have a deep, deep part of your being called your human spirit. And the active presence of God can reside in you. We are the temple of God. Mankind, God's intention was never to reside in a physical building. His eternal plan was that man would become the dwelling place of Almighty God, that God himself would live within those individuals who would ask Christ after his resurrection to live in them and receive his Holy Spirit. We are the temple that is meaningful. We are the temple. Every human being has a void inside of him or her. And that void was put there to contain the Holy Spirit. So Solomon is dedicating the temple and he looks into the future to 2017. And he says to the people there that day, there is a stranger that is coming. He's coming. And Solomon is saying, this is at the end. Solomon is not talking about a Redeemer Savior. He's not talking about the Son of God coming to die for the sins of mankind. He doesn't mention a Messiah. He just talks about the children of Israel, how they were going to offend God. God will bring negative sanctions. They will repent. God will forgive them, restore them to their land, forgive them of their sins. And they would once again leave God, fall away, drift away, and sin. And God once again would begin a punishment. And it's a cycle. Repent, forget, sanctions, negative sanctions, repentance, remembering you left God, and it's just, like a, like a wheel turning. But he doesn't mention a Savior. But he does mention that Israel, this will be the condition of Israel in the future. All through their future. Now, he did have the thought that at some point Israel, the kingdom would come to Israel. Israel would at some point in the distant future they would be the kingdom 
of their Messiah. But he's not talking about their Messiah. But he is talking about a stranger that would come and the wars that would come and the hardships and the sacrifice of animals to wash away the sins of the children of Israel. He mentions all of that. But he does mention oddly someone who is not Hebrew who would come and pray toward the temple which was odd because only the children of Israel would pray toward the temple worshiping the God of Israel but here a stranger comes and it says that this stranger comes with the active presence of God. Donald Trump then in Revelation chapter 17, verse 10, the riddle that has mystified the body of Christ for 2,000 years almost, 1,900 years, a riddle of seven kings, five fallen, one is, one is yet to come, a king that comes for a short space and then is replaced by an eighth king that is of the seventh king, an eighth king that is of the initial seven kings. So one of the seven kings resumes power once again. And in that riddle, it is talking about presidents of modern Babylon, modern Babylon the Great, in the years that precede Christ about 300 years roughly when modern Babylon begins to come into existence and then in the last hundred years modern Babylon becomes great internationally and this king would be an American president and the riddle is saying that the last seven presidents or these last seven men would fill position the position of eight administrations one of the seven would have two times in power each period lasting roughly eight years the first time in power eight years the second time more than seven, not much longer than eight. The last seven presidents of the United States of America fitting into eight periods of times that we consider, we know as administrations. And Donald Trump is that person. Now, you have, we have a term called shockwaves or um, when you throw a rock into still water, you have the waves that go out from that, that uh, point. Israel became a nation for the first time in about 1900 years in 1948 
this sent waves out into the world. Into the Christian world, it was a signal that we are near or in the generation prior to Christ's return. The generation has begun. The final generation. 1967, Israel, Jerusalem, the temple, is put into the hands of the Jewish people once again. And you have waves going out. Donald Trump becomes president. More waves going out. And what I'm saying is, with all of these points of, there's a term, with each event, waves are going out. And these waves are all hitting one another. Prophecy is what I'm presenting. Prophecy is being fulfilled to the point where the, the waters are no longer still. There, there, there are no still places on the surface of this lake because there's so much prophecy that is happening that we are not able to see it, comprehend it, understand it. Nevertheless, prophecies are being fulfilled. And two weeks ago, I played, I, I initially did the, the program on the stranger, Solomon's stranger, and also the seventh king in Revelation chapter 17. We're going to continue in just a few minutes. The podcasts for this program are archived on 1360khnc.com. My contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. Olive Tree Ministry, 872, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. I'm going to be back in just after a short song, and we will continue. And uh, I'm going to pick up with last week's program. We'll be right back. Reasons to Own Gold, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group at allamericangold.com. Reason number 647. Most people don't even know that the courts have already ruled. Once money is deposited into the bank, the bank owns the money, and the depositor is merely an unsecured creditor of the bank, which means if the bank goes under, you get paid last. After the financial crisis, instead of breaking up too big to fail, the government and the Federal Reserve created Dodd-Frank and made too big to fail banks even bigger. 
while putting your deposits more at risk. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. To learn more, visit us at allamericangold.com or call us at 800 Okay, now, once again, the podcasts are on 1360khnc.com to the Olive Tree site. Contact information, Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. So we have all of these stones are being thrown into the pond and the water is being stirred up. All these prophecies that Christ said in the Old Testament through his prophets and in the New Testament through his apostles and through his own teachings, all of these prophecies are hitting and they are stirring up the, the waters in the, in let's say a sea, to the point where whoever's on a ship is going to be tossed around. Revela- uh, uh, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26. There was a time at Mount Sinai when God's voice shook the earth. God's voice is shaking the earth today. Christian people, God's voice is once again shaking the earth. And the prophecies through Israel's prophets, through the apostles, through Christ himself, have stated that in the years prior to his return, the earth would shake. And the earth is shaking. The cultures, the societies of the earth, all the nations are being shaken. His voice shook the earth. But now, he's given a promise, something additional. This was Paul talking to the Hebrews And you look at the way the earth was shaken right after Christ's resurrection. Look what happened after 50 days later on the day of Pentecost. Things began to shake then. And then through the next year, two, three, ten years, the Apostle Paul begins his ministry. Things are shaking. The earth is being shaken. The... uh, Rome, Rome is not excited about what is happening through this sect of believers following this Messiah, Jesus Christ. And 
Jerusalem and that area were things that were in upheaval. And Christ said that there would come a time when all the stones on the temple would be, the temple would be dismantled, completely dismantled, not one stone upon another. That time was coming. Paul was warning in the book of Corinthians about that time coming. So here Paul is saying in Hebrews, But now, once again, he is given a promise. Yet once more I will shake and make tremble not only the earth, but also the starry heavens. The heavens would be shaken. And he was implying two things. Yes, there would be signs in the solar system and in deep space. But he was also saying that the powers, the demonic, angelic hosts that served and rebelled with Satan, with Lucifer, these powers and their authority is going to be shaken. And it will be evident to everybody, even people that don't know Christ, that something has changed. Something has changed. The prophecies about Donald Trump, in those prophecies, there are many little details that we have to discuss, we have to talk about. The Christian, the evangelical churches of America are going to be shaken. Men that have been the heads of big ministries, God is coming, Christ is coming to shake their world. Yes, we're going to be shaken individually. This is why we individually need the wisdom that God promises to give us if we pray. Now, before I get into how God is going and what God is going to do with these the shaking of these big ministries, I'm going to take one step back. Two weeks ago, I played the program about Donald Trump. Last week, I was preparing for my program on Saturday, and the Lord had me listen to that program just to, once again, try to hunt down all my mistakes where I might have been inaccurate. And as I'm listening to it, I had a conversation, you might say, with the Lord. Lord, this is just going to go into the uh, archives. It's just going to go into archives. Maybe in the future I will do a program like this again. 
But Lord, and the Lord spoke to me and said, My people do not have an ear to hear. In Revelation, to each of the seven churches, the angel said, To he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is speaking to the churches. And the Lord told me, My people are too busy. They're too occupied. They don't know how to be good students. They don't know how to sit and listen. They don't know my spirit. They don't have an ear to hear. And I, we do listen to a degree, but we don't really listen in a deep way to what the Holy Spirit is trying to convey to us. Every day I struggle to, and I, I, my objective is to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to me in that day. And so, in my dialogue, in my conversation with the Lord that day, I said, Lord, they're not listening, they're not hearing, they're not understanding. Not everybody. There are those that do have an ear to hear. But for the most part, the bulk of the children of God, not that they're not not that you're not just listening to me, you're not listening to the Holy Spirit. In all the assemblies, they're listening to something, but it's not necessarily the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is making things very clear. He said, Christ said that in the parables in Matthew 13, that he was going to, through the parables, through these teachings, bring the mysteries that were hidden from the foundation of the world through these parables, these mysteries were going to be revealed to the people of that time, but it's more important that we, in the time in which we live, we hear and listen to what the mysteries that are taking place around us every day, what Christ is doing daily, and we're not hearing we're not seeing, we're dull, we're make things too complicated. So I made a decision. I said, Lord, I'm going to just play that program again, and I wish I could even put it together I, I still don't feel, Lord, that I put it together perfectly. I just, we are just fallen, we are broken, we are handicapped. But I just felt, uh, in, in all of the, uh, in its, the, just the way it is, I'm going to replay it. And I decided, and while I'm playing it, while it's being replayed, 
I'm going to be on a prayer drive praying that your child that your children will have an ear to hear what you're speaking to them about Donald Trump. He's the seventh king. The eighth king, Antichrist, is coming right behind him. And he fulfilled all these prophecies. In 1 Kings chapter 8, when he visited Israel, there was so much that they don't have an ear to hear. So I told my wife the night before, I'm going to take a pair of prayer drive and I'm going to pray that during that program that God will speak to the people that need to hear that program and that they will have an ear to hear and understand what God is trying to tell and warn his children about. Donald Trump's about to leave his position. His continuing is about to end. And the eighth king, who is of the seven, Barack Obama, is coming back to power. And they're not hearing you. So that's what I'm going to do. I told my wife about it. And we didn't. I, I replayed it. I called J.D. here at the station. I said, J.D., put in last week's program. Just run it again. I caught him just in the nick of time. And actually, he was, I just added a little extra to his plate. Pray for him. He's doing a wonderful job here. And we, went, we took a prayer drive. Does that mean that from the time we left that we began to just pray minute after minute, hour after hour? No. Just as the Holy Spirit would lead us, we would pray. 560 miles later, we got home. We covered Colorado, eastern Colorado. We went into western Nebraska, up north. Kimball, Sydney. We went west into Wyoming, Torrington, Guernsey, Cheyenne. And we were just praying that God's people will have an ear to hear what God is saying to the churches. Christians, the eighth king, Barack Obama, I'm telling you, I, I, I want God to put the fear of who he is in your heart. You who don't fear God, you need to wake up. You may not believe what I'm saying, but you better watch, you better pay attention to what's happening in this country right this minute, presently. God is warning His churches. America is in the Bible. All the men who have stated that America isn't in the Bible, they are false prophets. 
They are teachers who don't know how to interpret the Scripture. America is in the Bible. God. America is the modern Babylon of the end time. It is the nation that the seat of the coming Antichrist, this is his seat. This is where he is located. He and a partner are going to bring, unleash great evil on this earth from this seat, from this position, this place that we call the United States. God said, the Christ said that he is going to build his church. The gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. And to build that church, to get that church ready, to bring that church into formation, he will do it through truth. He will do it through the accurate interpretations of prophecy. Not inaccurate interpretations, accurate interpretation of prophecy. And as his prophecies get out and are understood, God's people will come alive they will fear God the way that he should be feared, not in a negative way to bring fear so that you are seized, seized up. You are bound, not in that way, but you are free. The truth will set you free. The truth will give you freedom. The truth will help you make decisions daily. But I, but I, we took that drive, and it was tough, 500, 560 miles. But it was a marvelous day. The Lord was with us, and we covered, I believe, hopefully, what we needed to cover. God has an ecclesia. He has within the whole family, he has his residue that will hear what he has to say. And this residue is all of the protection and the favor of, of the Lord is going to be upon them. God will continue to bring revelation and his active visits to them. Active visits. The dreams, the visions, the insight they need. We're in a time right now where in the Pentecostal churches, everybody has a dream. Everybody is having dreams. Everybody is seeing all these, these things. God this and God that and this and that and all. Well, I'm going to say that Satan is actively involved in many of the 
members in the body of Christ that are in Pentecostal churches that seek after signs and wonders and dreams and visions. God will bring them when He wants to bring them. But if you, these these individuals, I I I am almost nauseated by some of the things I read about. I had this dream about this and that and this and this and this. Well, here's the thing is with dreams. For all of you who have these dreams every day, every night, dream upon dream upon dream upon dream, you're wearing God out with your dreams because they're not most of the time from Him. They're from deep, deep, deep in the high areas of your soul that seem to be your spirit. High, magnificent insights that you think are from God, but no, it's just your active soul in its highest pitch. But it's not the spirit. And with these dreams, many times the dreams aren't for the body of Christ. But every dream that these individuals are having is God is speaking to the church. Not necessarily. I've had many dreams and they were not for the church. They were not for the assembly. They were not for God's children. They were for me. Just me. The dreams were God speaking to me about something. Not for them, but for just me. And visions. Some of the visions I had were God giving me revelation for my future, for my life, for people around me but not for the church. This is where people have to, the distinction is the dream for you, then keep it to yourself. Is the vision for you, keep it to yourself. Unless it's clear that the vision is to be presented to the body of Christ. And if it is, timing, are you to present it now? Or is it in the future? There is madness. I mean, literally, in the sense of insane asylum. An institution. This is what Christianity, evangelical Christianity has become. An institution for the mentally insane. For those who think they know something about God, but they don't take God's word to see what God's word has to say. They take their own interpretation and they run with it. And they eventually end up believing doctrines of demons. A mental institution where we should be full of the true word of God, the accurate word, the sound word of God, we have interpretations of man, interpretations of demons. We're nothing but, in a sense, to a great degree, just a sanatorium, a place where insane people spend their time. This is what I'm telling you 
what the Lord has shown me and what I know that there will be a resurrection and God's people will escape hardship. This is insane thinking. And for those that believe this type of thinking, uh, when the hardship begins and when the persecution of Antichrist and his children begins, you are going to blame God for deceiving you where you were deceived by your own mind and by other men who have held this philosophy for 40 years, 50 years, 100 years. These people that have gone and debated, there was a debate 12 years, 15, 18, 20 years ago, debating this matter of a pre-trib, post-trib, or just a pre-trib rapture. And the men who were the great proponents of a pre-trib, after the second debate, they ended, they stopped, they bailed, they quit, they walked away. Why? Because their income-generating machine and the doctrine of demon that funded them, funded them was going to, was being exposed. was being exposed. I think it was right at the turn of the century. They couldn't, they weren't, their doctrine of pre-trib was not, wasn't holding water. And the scripture was what was destroying their belief. And what did they do? They quit the debate. Spineless, Liars, false prophets, false teachers. The Holy Spirit is speaking to the churches. He is speaking loud and clear. All these stones are being thrown into the water, and the water now is becoming to be, is turbulent. All the prophecies taking place at the same time. Donald Trump, the stranger, the seventh king, the prophecies prove America's in the Bible. Prove that we're about ready to, to wrap up this dispensation, this period of time. That Christ is not too far into the distance. And that all the prophecies that Christ gave through the parables concerning the kingdom of heaven, we are in them right now. The terrors the tares in the field. The tares are in the church. Not only those that do not know Christ that worship the devil and serve the devil, the Satanists that have infiltrated, but even the men whose minds are so fallen they can't take scripture and interpret it properly. False teachers. Hour one of today's program is finished. My contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. The podcast, 1360khnc.com, the Olive Tree section. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez, the founder 
of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry. Pro, uh, ministry. The rumors are true. KHNC listeners are loving Y-Refi. They're investing in a secure, collateralized portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or to the Fed. A portfolio where you know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. Your interest is compounded daily, you're paid monthly, and there are no fees. You can turn your income on or off, compounded, whatever you choose. And get this. There is no loss of principal if you ever need your money back. Eldorados, you got to get in touch with Y-Refi. I've met with them personally, and take it from me, the great Eldersky, they are trustworthy, honest, and you can earn a fixed rate of return up to 10.25%. Just go to investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y.com, or call 888-Y-REFI-24. Click on investyrefi.com or call 888-Y-REFI-24. You will be glad you did. Most people think they can't afford to invest in gold and silver. But at the Patriot Trading Group, we believe that everyone should have the opportunity to own hard assets. That's why we created our Preferred Metals program. You can get started for as little as $100 a month. Go to allamericangold.com and click on our Preferred Metals icon to learn how you can get started today. Or call us at 800-951-0592, the Patriot Trading Group, allamericangold.com. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit TeheboTeaClub.com. Tehebo is spelled T like Tom, A-H-E-E-B like boy, O, then continue with the word T and then the word club. The complete website is TehiboTeaClub.com or call us at 818-610-8088, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-610-8088, TehiboTeaClub.com. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 a.m., Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. Tommy here with Revo Knives. We're a Colorado company looking for local customers who own a business that want to make a gift for their customers or employees that they'll always use and remember. We customize our knives with your logo and information so they always look at who to get back to when they need your service. Head over to our website at RevoKnives.com or give us a call at 720-947-9599. And as always, live sharp. Living Sharp is a lifestyle here at TBBs. You need to look sharp, carry sharp, and most importantly, be sharp. Let us show you how sharp it can be today. We're pushing ourselves to take as many walk-ins at both locations, but if we can't squeeze you in, we'll make a convenient appointment for you. Give us a call at 970-617-2158 for our Loveland location located at 4th and Garfield or in Mead at 720-745-0783 on the southeast corner of Highway 66 and I-25. If you're tech savvy, hit us up on tommysbarbersandblades.com and as always, live sharp. 
Return to the magic and mystique of the Renaissance. The Colorado Renaissance Festival in Larkspur is back. Weekends through August 6th. Filled with royalty, pageantry, jugglers, and musicians. Comedy, games, fine arts, and crafts. It's entertainment. It's fantasy. It's an adventure to the past. Eat, drink, and be merry. Return to the Colorado Renaissance Festival. Weekends through August 6th. Discount tickets available at KHNC. And online at coloradorenaissance.com. Hey, Sharp Community members, this is Tommy with Tommy's Barbers and Blades. We're reaching out to you guys to let you know that we're in need of a barber or stylist at our Mead location on Highway 66 and I-25. If you're a seasoned pro or know someone who's great, give us a ring at 720-745-0783 or stop in and talk to us. We're looking for you. Again, that's 720-745-0783. Power surges and lightning bolts can cause damage to your electronic devices. A EMP attack can fry everything, leaving everyone looking like the Flintstones. But don't let that happen. Go to EMPShield.com and enter KHNC in the promo code box. EMP Shield can keep you secure and running when no one else can. American-made electronic protection. Again, put KHNC in the promo box. EMPShield.com. Now is the time to fight for your child's education. We are enrolling now at Civica Academy Charter School in Millican, a tuition-free middle school high school. We are focused on smart and kind students who are prepared for the real world and love this country. We stand for the pledge. We shake hands. We don't have cell phones during the day and focus on pursuing an industry certification by graduation. We are proudly outperforming surrounding schools academically while raising up civic leaders. I believe in this generation, and we are prepared at Civica to change the world one child at a time. Visit us at civicaco.org. Hey folks, as a CBD user, I can attest to its effectiveness. And now my kind CBD products are available at the station. You'll see tinctures, salves, lotions, creams, coffee, cocoa, tea, and much more. You'll even find CBD retinol cream. KHNC also carries my kind pet products, including shampoo and tincture, allowing your best friend to enjoy the same benefits of CBD that you do. The best prices, the best quality, and all THC free. My kind CBD, CBD as nature intended. Hi, this is Mike Morris, owner of Warriors Revolution Tactical in Longmont. At Warriors Revolution, we have the largest selection of tactical gear and ammo in northern Colorado. But what many people may not know is that we now sell firearms. And even despite the recent run on firearms and ammunition, we have plenty of product in the store, including ARs, AKs, Glocks, SIGs, HK, and more. And don't forget all the bulk ammunition at the best prices in town. Need to do a private firearms transfer? We can do that, too. I am a veteran of the United States Marine Corps, and our team is made up of veterans and security experts, not a bunch of salesmen. Our team is trained and fought with much of the actual equipment we sell. And one thing you should know is that we support the foundations and principles this great country was founded upon. So if you need tactical gear, ammo, firearms, AR parts or upgrades, and even survival accessories, stop by and visit us on Ken Pratt Boulevard and Bowen Street in Longmont, or visit warriorsrevolution.com. That's WarriorsRevolution.com. Hey, Sharp Community members, this is Tommy with Tommy's Barbers and Blades. We're reaching out to you guys to let you know that we're in need of a barber or stylist at our Mead location on Highway 66 and I-25. If you're a seasoned pro or know someone who's great, give us a ring at 720-745-0783 or stop in and talk to us. We're looking for you. Again, that's 
Hi, this is Ron Tafoya, owner and operator of New Method Cleaners, Northern Colorado's oldest dry cleaners. Men's clothing to women's fashions, we clean it all. Give us a call with all your cleaning questions. If we don't clean it, we might have a solution. We have two locations to serve you in Severance and Fort Collins. Please call us at 970-775-0623. 970-775-0623. Accidents can happen at any time and any place. Preparing ourselves is critical to being able to respond with confidence. Serious bleeding events are scary, but having bleed stop handy can give you the edge. Just pour it directly in the wound and apply direct pressure. Clotting happens in seconds. KHNC listeners get 20% off on the products listed. Visit the KHNC website and hit the bleed stop button. That's the KHNC website and hit the bleed stop button. The views and opinions expressed on KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Excursion Broadcasting Network. On August night and the leaves hanging down and the grass on the ground smelling sweet. Welcome back to the second hour of today's Olive Tree and Lambstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez, the founder of the Olive Tree and Lambstand Ministry. In the uh, first hour, it's podcast, archived, 1360khnc.com, and uh, contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. And I want to thank everybody. Thank you for your prayers. I really thank you. It's hard to uh, really express 
uh, in a perfect way how appreciative I am uh, of all of your prayers and for all those who support me. I am I'm very, very thankful. Thankful for your support. Financially, thank you for your support. Uh, through your prayers. I'm going to tell you something. D.L. Moody was, uh, he had a sister. She, with every one of his times when he would get up to preach, she was in the audience, and he was very successful because of her prayers, because she'd interceded for him. In this time of great angelic, demonic activity, men who are called by the Lord to minister to God's children, myself and others throughout this country, must have prayer support. Because without it, they will not be successful. There was a man, Sam P. Jones. I'm going to tell a quick story. No, I'm not going to tell a quick story. I'm going to tell a story. It might take me a minute. It might take me an hour. I limit myself. And that's one thing we don't want to do. Don't limit yourself in Christ. Don't limit yourself. If Christ has given you something to do, put your hand to it and do it with your whole heart. Don't limit yourself. Sam P. Jones. This man is the greatest preacher ever in the United States of America. He was born just before the Civil War. And during the late 1800s into the turn of the century, there were revivals throughout the country. Sam P. Jones was well known. And he, uh, when he was just a child, they had the one-room schoolhouses, and he was asleep, and everybody had to stand up, the, the high school students, and in between, he was just, I think, six, five, six years of age. But everybody had to say something. There probably was only 20, 30 people in the class. He fell asleep. Well, when it was, when it was his turn, somebody nudged him. And if I remember correctly, he stood up and got on his chair and said, With Thornton peals and thunderous tones, the world shall hear about Sam P. Jones. And he became an alcoholic by the time he was a young, at 20, 25, 20, in his 20s. He was going to be an attorney. But... He gave his life to the Lord. His, he was a, a pretty much an alcoholic, and his father died. And he promised his father, his father asked him, son, he said, Sam, promise me you'll see me in heaven. And Sam, it shook him. He said, I promise. And that night, I think it was that night, he told his grandfather, who was a pastor, a minister at one of the churches in that area in Georgia, I believe it was. 
Sam said, said that God had called him to the work. And I think that night his grandfather had him speak. And he didn't have, he really didn't know what to say. But he basically said, he said, I don't know much, but I do know God is real. Because he'd had a conversion. And everybody in the place began to weep. And he went on from that point, and he began to, in a small, what they call a, uh, oh, I don't know, just a small, he would go preach here and there. But by the time that he was in full momentum, D.L. Moody and all these other men of the country were preaching across the country. And they had gone into Indianapolis, was it uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, to preach. And no one could go into that area and preach. And let me take a step back. He, he would go into Nashville, and he would preach. And there was a guy there, his name was Ryman, and Ryman owned riverboats, casinos, dancing girls, whiskey, all of it. And Sam went into Nashville to preach. And the crowds began to come night after night to his revival meetings in a tent. Ryman brought a bunch of his goons, his thugs, to the church one night. And word got to Sam P. Jones that, that Mr. Ryman was outside with his thugs they were going to wait for him, and when the meeting was over, they were going to, to, uh, you know, have it out with Sam P. Jones. And Sam P. Jones was like five foot ten, small man, 120, 30 pounds. I think it was 130 pounds. And he said, he told his men, he says, "You go tell, you go tell him." that when I'm done with the, my message, I'll meet him in the back. He said, I'm going to whoop him and everybody with him. I'm 130 pounds, but 100 pounds of me is solid backbone. Sam gave his message. Mr. Ryman got saved. Mr. Ryman told Sam, if you come back, if you promise to come back to Nashville, I'll build you an auditorium. And Sam agreed. And he built him the Ryman Theater. And it was Sam P. Jones, when Mr. Ryman died, was going to dedicate it to Mr. Ryman, call it the Ryman Theater. But they, he, Mr. Ryman didn't want that. So they called it the Grand Old Opry. So every time Sam would come back to Nashville, that's where he would preach. The Grand Old Opry. And then going back to the story of Indiana, nobody could, the, the pastors, the preachers, they knew that Indiana, you couldn't break that city open for Christ. 
and Sam P. Jones uh, throughout the country, all the newspapers were always writing about where he was preaching, the crowds that would come, 5,000, 2,000, 10,000, night after night, people getting saved, cities being turned upside down for, for the Lord. And D.L. Moody, he told Sam, I, I think he had talked to Sam. He said, Sam, there's, or D.L. Moody made a statement. Everyone has gone to Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, to try to break that city open for Christ and for the gospel, through the gospel, and no one could do it. Moody said, if anyone can do it, it will be Sam P. Jones. Sam Jones will break that city open. Why? Because it was a cult. It was an occult center. Still is. In Diana. The goddess Diana. Sam P. Jones went. And night after night after night. And pretty soon, thousands and thousands and thousands began to come and receive Christ. This is the story of a man who did one thing, and he did it to the best of his ability. Whatever God has you put your hand to, whether it's business and, and listen, many of you are not called to be pastors. This is with you young men that are gifted. Your dad, people around you are going to tell you, you are called by God to be a pastor. Don't listen to them. You pray. You ask God. Without his permission, don't you dare take a position of responsibility. Because the hardships and the punishments that will come to you will be unbearable. And you will leave the faith. You will leave Christ. You will go back to where you came from. You'll go back to whatever vices, sin, evil that you were a part of before you meet Christ. You'll go back to it. In this country, in the evangelical churches, we have freedom. If somebody just wants to be a pastor that really has never been called to that position, you can be a pastor. If you're eloquent, if you are charismatic, you can, you can go into the churches, they'll accept you. You can stand up on the pulpit and preach, and people, because of your personality, they'll come but you won't add anything to them. The hope that you give them is vain. And the people that come to listen to you will be vain because they're not coming to hear the word of God. They're not coming to learn the deep things of the Christian faith. They're coming because you're somebody or you're gifted or you're charismatic or you're whatever. There are, God of Christ is not calling many people right now to ministry. 
Christ is calling people to himself to be witnesses, to stand, to preach the gospel in wherever they are located, wherever they have been positioned by the Holy Spirit. Put your hand to that and do it with all your might. But with Sam P. Jones, he had people praying for him. And this is a tough time now where there have been a handful of very gifted, very godly people who have gone to be with the Lord here in the last couple of years. One, one man, one brother, Russ Dizdar. Russ Dizdar. He goes to be with the Lord got COVID. I think it was an attack. It was a, probably, a, I, I personally, I feel that it was actually a, uh, I don't know how I would phrase it. I don't think it was natural. I think uh, he was, drank something that had something in it that gave, that he died from basically what we call COVID. And then less than a week later, his wife dies right behind him. I don't think this was natural. I think because of what he was doing and the work he was involved with, Satan sent his prayer teams out to pray for his destruction. And this is the way it's done in the occult world. They have ritual. Look at what happened with the Apostle Paul. You had these men, these Jews, who swore they would not eat until Paul was dead. Well, Paul didn't die. And they kept their vows. Those men left this life. All right, um, now, I'm going to keep my momentum here. The Holy Spirit is speaking very clearly to the evangelical churches today, very clearly to his people. And he should be speaking to the pastors or the responsible men in the churches through the truth that's in the word. And these men because they haven't been faithful to preach the word in its purity, have brought apostasy upon the churches throughout this country. I'm identifying the evangelical churches, especially Pentecostal churches. I know and I've worked with Pentecostals who are the finest men, Finest teachers, pure, pure, pure in heart. And then I work with others that are nothing but ego, mountain climbing, get to the top type of personalities that have never allowed the Holy Spirit to, they've never put themselves, so, so to speak, on the cross to be crossed out. What they are naturally, they are still. 
after all the years being in Christ, they are just as natural today as the day when they came to Christ. It's one thing the Lord deals with when we meet him. He begins to deal with our nature, what we are by nature, selfish, self-centered, arrogant, self-important, ready to, ready to uh, uh, compete, trying to get the edge on every, trying to get an edge on everybody else, offended by people that have the spear upon them and uh, that are more gifted than they are. They never, the, Christ never gets to deal with their, their nature, what they are by nature. Some are passive. Some are just, they have no, no ability to present the truth in a powerful way. They're passive. Others are very strong. And they are too much. They uh, are in themselves. I, I've been with brothers who they get together and they start they start uh, jousting to see who's going to be, you know, well, we we who's going to be the main speaker of this conference? Everybody initially, well, you know, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, uh, but that person that's going, uh, uh, that's a person that wants to be the top chief speaker. Be careful, because you want the upper seat. The Lord is going to bring somebody up. And fill that seat that you're sitting in, and you're going to go to the back of the line. All around us, prophecy is being fulfilled. In about four minutes, we're going to go to another break. But in the meantime, three weeks ago, I believe it was, I talked about Psalm 24. Psalm 24 is talking about the last generation of the, the beginning of the final generation before Christ returns. Now there will be that generation that set things in mo sets things in motion, and then that generation will have children. That'll be a second generation, and those children will have children to be a third generation. But the initial generation begins the process. That generation was a baby boom generation of the United States of America. This generation of the baby boomers, it began the process in the years and decades that would follow prior to Christ's return. Return he will. He must return. He said he would return. The prophecies are all pointing to his return the condition of the world and the upheaval that will take place in the societies of the world through war, famine, disease, 
has begun. Something is not right in the world now. Something that uh, the world is not safe. You can try to find a place, a safe harbor, so to speak, but there aren't any safe harbors, and there won't be any. Christ said in the time, in the decade, especially prior to his re return, there will be no safe harbor. Okay, now I'm going to give you an insight. In the world, there will be no safe harbor. But in Christ, Christ is the only harbor of safety to mankind. He's the only one that can, in a world that's coming apart, disintegrating, can give you hope. In a world that is gone mad, he will give you peace. Ascribe greatness to our God. Ascribe greatness to the God that is inside of you. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. This is what we are to do. Ascribe greatness to this Savior God. Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christo, ascribe greatness to him. We're at the bottom of the hour. We'll play a short 30-second song, and uh, then we'll continue. The podcasts are on, I'll start this way. This is the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. Podcasts are on 1360khnc.com for this program and all the previous programs going back a couple of years. Contact information, Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872 872 Longmont, Colorado. We'll be back in just a few minutes. No, no, no. I'm back 30 seconds. Tehebo Tea Club's original pure pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit TeheboTeaClub.com. Tehebo is spelled T like Tom, A-H-E-E-B like boy, O, then continue with the word T and then the word club. The complete website is TeheboTeaClub.com or call us at 818-610-8088, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-610-8088, TeheboTeaClub.com.
Jesus walked. Oh, when he walked. When Jesus walked. And we're back. I thought it was 30 seconds, but it was a minute. And um, as I begin this, the, this second half of this hour, I know that you probably aren't, I'm trying to decide how to, how to, uh, which way, what, how, uh, what is best. Uh, tell your friends. Tell your friends to give them, a, give them the website. Have them hear what I have to say. I don't care in a sense. I, 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 I shouldn't say it this way. Many of the men in this country are not telling the Christian people that America's in the Bible. America's in the Bible. This is the land of the plumed serpent. This was a land that was given and Satan has had control over from before we became a nation. I'm trying to remember the man in the 90s that did the study of America and the meaning of the word America, Ameriku. The land of the plumed serpent. This continent, this land, not the continent, this nation. In Satan's plan will be the nation that will lead the nations of the world into the occult. The this nation, there will never ever in the future ever again be a nation so, so steeped in the occult like this nation is and is going to be. It's going to get worse. The witchcraft and the children of the devil are going to become more powerful. But, like I said at the end of the last before the break, we are to ascribe greatness unto our God. We are to, like Christ said, lift him up. He is to take preeminence over all things. We are his servants. He said a principle. Everything that he saw his father do, that's what he would do. Without his father giving him instruction, he did nothing. And we should live in that same principle. Whatever the Holy Spirit leads us to do, that, we, that is what we should do. I have a group of friends. We, got to, we were together yesterday. Wonderful group. I, I love them. They love me. And I was visiting with them about transitions. 
the world is in a time of transition. And the Lord gave me this, from this view, this is what I presented, that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they're in the land of Canaan. Eventually, Joseph has his children. One of the children, uh, I, I, I'm sorry, uh, not Joseph, um, Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob has his children. One of his children, Joseph. The family, the brothers betray him. And through betrayal, and betrayal, and betrayal, Joseph finds favor with God and ends up in Egypt, finds favor with, with uh, the, the Pharaoh, and he's appointed by Pharaoh to build a system to store grain for years of, of dearth. And Joseph, during the years of dearth, brings his family to Egypt. So God takes the children of Israel out of the land that he promised them into the world. He brings them into the world, which was Egypt at that time. Egypt is a type of the world. Then, 400 years later, from the time of the prophecy given to Abraham about his seed going into captivity, 400 years later, the children of Israel are being pressed to the point of disappearing from the earth. Moses leads them into the wilderness from the world into the wilderness, into the place of miracles, a place of hardship, but miracles. Before they go to Egypt, the land that they were in was being taken over by the occult world. So God moves them out of the occult world, protects them in the world. Then they're in the world. They're being about to be destroyed in the world. God takes them into the wilderness, a hard land where they live by miracles. They live by miracles. Then, after 40 years, they have to transition one more time back to the land that they left during the time of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They have to trans. They have to uh, leave the land of miracles into the land of the eternal purpose of God. They had to transition. We Christians are going to transition. We're in a time of transition, but the time of spiritual transition is what you need to pay attention to. Spiritual transition. You need to transition yourself out of an occult world. Transition out of whatever is around you that uh, things that you are worshiping that are demonic. Transition just to the world, firstly, and it's in the world where God will keep you 
But then you've got a transition out of the world, which God will use because the world is going to turn on you. You have to transition to the desert, a place that's kind of dry, that there's really nothing appealing to you, but it will be a land of miracles, a place where miracles, God will keep you through miracles. And as you're dwelling there, because we all need miracles every day, and then you're going to transition spiritually into God's purpose for you, His eternal purpose for you, giving you the insight that you need so that you will be very clear what it is you do that is important to Christ and to all around you, to yourself, to your family, to your friends. This includes children, transition into the will of God for you. Mothers, women, young ladies, transition into God's will for you. Find it, stay there. Young men, fathers, grandfathers, Transition into God's will. Find what God's will is for you. Stay put. Don't leave. Now, to give you another example of the will of God, I'm going to use Jacob, Rachel, and Leah as an example. Now, I'm going to have to do this from memory. Jacob... And Esau are with Isaac and Rebekah. Esau, he sees the value of the birthright. He understands it. He understands the value of the blessing. Christians, do you understand the value of the birthright that you have and the blessings that you have? So Esau, he goes out to hunt and he's out for a while, and he comes back, and he's weak. He feels like he's going to die. And Jacob had made, taken some venison and made uh, something to eat. And he sold the, was it the birthright, to Jacob for a bowl of, of, of uh, for lunch he sold the birthright he was more concerned about his living than his birthright your birthright should be everything God has given you something that is so valuable and I'll continue to tell you what the birthright is in a little bit then oh I hope I'm getting this story correct Then Isaac is ready to die, and it comes time for the blessing. And the blessing means that the future, God will be with whoever receives the blessing. Now, Esau was the oldest. Naturally, the birthright and the blessing goes to the oldest. But Jacob has taken the blessing, the birthright, and now he knows about the blessing. So Esau and his mother 
I'm sorry, Joseph, I'm sorry, Jacob and his mother worked together to get the blessing from Isaac for the future posterity of the children of Israel, and they do get the birthright, and they do get the blessing. And Jacob now has to flee. He goes to a land where uh, his uncle Laban dwells, which is Rebekah's brother. And Jacob goes to the house of Laban. And there on the way, uh, and there he sees uh, somebody watering a flock of a herd and helps a young woman and it just happens to be Rachel and eventually he falls in love with Rachel I'm really abbreviating this I should just pull up the verses but I I'm going to just take my time here remember as clearly as I can the principle So he promises to give seven years of labor to Laban for Rachel. And they agree. Jacob goes in wedding night. And it just so happens that Laban had switched Rachel for Leah. Leah was the oldest daughter. The custom was that the oldest daughter gets married first. Jacob realized he'd been tricked. But he makes an agreement with Uncle Laban to serve for another seven years for Rachel. And then he uh, is now, Rachel is now his wife also, Le Leah and Rachel. Then he serves another seven years for herds and flocks. Well, immediately Leah or Leah, gets pregnant. And I'm telling you, I'm going to have to read this. Oh, boy. I'm going to just have to do it right. So you're going to bear with me. Go to the book of Genesis. And, um, yeah, I think I have time. I think this is around chapter 40. Better check it out. And the principle, nope, nope, 40 is not it. Joseph, uh, Jacob, boy, oh boy. Okay, okay, it's verse 30, chapter 30. I really thank you for holding on here, staying with me. Actually, it's chapter 29. So the point is, what's my point? The point is that immediately Leah started having children. She was fertile. Okay? And... Uh,
Let's see here. I almost have it. Leah became, okay. Leah was despised. Leah was, they use the term, unattractive. <clears throat> she was just not fair. Maybe not so desirable. Uh, Got to remember Leah. Leah, this is, a, this is you. You are Leah. You are not so desirable, so appealing, attractive. Uh, just something about you that, you know, but who did God choose? He chose you. You were out about your business, like it says in Deuteronomy 32, Jacob was in the waste howling wilderness, and that is where God found him. You were out in a waste howling wilderness, doing whatever it is you do. And God saw you, you're not desirable, you're not attractive, you're not appealing, just something uh, really, mm, you know, and God chooses you. So we're Leah, in a sense. Leah became pregnant, bore a son, named him Reuben. For she said, because the Lord has seen my humiliation and affliction, now my husband will love me. Because Leah knew that Jacob loved Rachel. Leah became pregnant. This is, this is in uh, verse 32. Genesis 29, 32. Genesis 29, 33. Leah became pregnant again, bore a son and said, Because the Lord heard that I am despised, he has given me this son also, and she named him Simeon. God hears. The next verse, 34. And she became pregnant again and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will be a companion to me, for I have borne him three sons. Therefore his name was Levi. The next verse, verse 35. Again she conceived and bore a son. And she said, Now I will sing praises to the Lord and called his name Judah praise so here Leah boom 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 then you have Rachel Genesis 30 verse 1 Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children she envied her sister and said to Jacob give me children or else I will die this is something very interesting right here. Something snapped in the natural disposition of Jacob. Something snapped. This is what's got to happen with each one of us. Something has to snap. The things that we love, something God will do something to cause in his wisdom, a change in our heart. Jacob is willing to give seven years and seven years for Rachel. He loves Rachel. Rachel is everything. Desirable. I want her. I will have her. She is mine. 
I need her. But here in Genesis 30, Jacob, verse 2, Jacob became very angry with Rachel, and he said, Am I God? Am I God? Am I in God's place? Who has denied you children? It's not up to me. But here, Joseph, something happens. This is what the Holy Spirit has to do with his children from the time you're young in Christ all through your life. Things that you are so appealing to you that are going to work against the purpose of God in your life. God will have to do something so that whatever you're in love with, that affection, that love, that tenderness is broken. This is what God does. So all of a sudden, Jacob has a change. His great, great love for Rachel, God has just touched him. And Jacob, it did something that affected Jacob the rest of his life, as we're going to see. And she said, she said, see here, take my maid Billa and have intercourse with her. And when the baby comes, she shall deliver it upon my knees that I may, that I by her may also have children. She gave Billa as a second wife. Jacob had a relationship with her. And Billa became pregnant and bore Jacob a son. Rachel said, God has judged and vindicated me and has heard my plea and has given me a son. She named him Dan. Now, Dan, to this day now in the book of Revelation chapter 7, Dan is not mentioned in the lineage of Jacob. Something evil here took place. Something in spite, something not good, something offended God. And Billah gives birth to Dan. And Dan is the child that begins to lead his other brothers into witchcraft, into devil worshiper, devil worship and his lineage later on into child sacrifice. So, Rachel, she's upset. She's not going to let her sister have a, be one up on her. God has judged and vindicated me, has heard my plea, has given me a son. She named him Dan, Judgment. Billah, Rachel's maid conceived again, bore Jacob a second son. Rachel said, with a mighty wrestlings in prayer to God, I have struggled with my sister, have prevailed, named the second son, Naphtali. Struggled. Now Leah, after four children, in verse 9, she ceased to bear. So she didn't have any more children. We're going to go to the end of the hour, you're going to have to stay with me. 
If you can't stay, if you're heading out or you're just tuning in, the podcasts are on 1360khnc.com to the Olive Tree site for today. My contact information, the way to write me. I don't give out my phone. Uh, some of the guys, they give out their phone, their email, their... I don't have the time. And with the... the they are... They are 15 hours a day on the emails and phone calls and even one of my good friends eventually he said man I'm so busy just send me a short text and I still have a hard time visiting with him but anyhow so Olive Tree Ministry P.O. Box 872 Longmont Colorado 80502 Many of you have sent me gifts. I have been, I have cards ready to start sending to you to thank you for your help. We'll be back. Hi folks, I'm James Morgan, a realtor with Grisham and Associates, LLC. I know it must seem like there's a million realtors out there making all kinds of promises. Want to hear my big marketing promise? I promise honest and fair dealings with all those I do business with. That may sound old-fashioned, and it is not very catchy, but it is true. I am your Colorado real estate specialist. Farm, land, mountain cabins, or urban dwellings. When you work with my team, we'll get the right property for you and be upfront and honest with you every step of the way. Over the years, my clients have told me just that fact alone separates us from others in the industry. If you are considering buying or selling real estate, call me, James Morgan, at 720-203-0731 or visit my website at coloradoproperties.online. No catchy slogan, just a client-first, honest real estate experience. Hit it, girls. Keep listening to the American Freedom Network. The Federal Reserve is in control of our money. But lately, control is the last word you would use to describe the Fed. Emergency rate cuts, huge increases in their balance sheet, the constant blowing of bubbles and boom and bust cycles that just leave most of us busted. I'm Joe Jaquin, owner of the Patriot Trading Group, and we have been protecting people's wealth for almost 25 years. Stop playing the Fed's game and get your wealth protected. Call us at 800-951-0592 or visit our website at allamericangold.com. What can the right financial advisor help you plan for? Your kid's awkward teenage phase and they need braces. Saving up for your kid's college education. You're listening to the War of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. Off-Road Automotive offers a wide range of used automobiles for all of your off-road and on-road needs. From classic Jeep CJ7s to high-end sporty Corvettes and everyday commuters, they have a vehicle for you. Bad credit or no credit, no problem. Their professional finance team has you covered. Give them a visit at 1392 Denver Avenue in Fort Lupton or give them a call at 303-502-3230. Blue Dragon Spa in Longmont, Colorado, 1811 Hover Street, 720-680-0492. A new spa started by Steve, the Red Pill Truth Guy, and his wife, Valentina. Drop by. We offer manicure and pedicure, facial, and more. 
We have new state-of-the-art equipment, and we use the best materials available. Yeah, give us a call, 720-680-0492. We're at 1811 Hover Street in Longmont, Colorado. Everything very good. Just come in and enjoy it. Can you imagine what it would look like if we, the people, actually enforced the Constitution? After all, we are the only ones who are authorized to do so. After more than 75,000 hours spent in R&D and hundreds of chapters developed across this republic, we have the tangible path to reclaiming America again. All we need is you. Join us today at tacticalcivics.com and bring your county into this responsible way of life. Did the fire marshal take one look down your driveway and say, Uh, my guys aren't going down there. Or are there parts of it that just need a little more sun? Then call Affordable Tree at 970-568-6898. We can climb, cut, or trim your problems away. Specializing in defensive space, upper and lower fire mitigation, forest health, plus we can save freshly hit beetle trees. So call us at 568-6898. That's 568-6898. Are you prepared for a possible zombie apocalypse? If not, go to 1360khnc.com and click on the red Patriot Supply button and stock up now on high-quality storable food and emergency preparedness kits. With a global food shortage at our doorstep, make sure you can feed your family in any situation. So get prepared with My Patriot Supply by going to 1360khnc.com and click on the link to Patriot Supply and stock up now. This is Steve at Ramsey Auto Group. Hey, this is Mike from Ramsey Auto Group. Just stopping in to say hi, let you know that we're still open, still in business, and still rocking and rolling. You know, if you're looking for a good car experience, come see us. We have old school values. We still operate by handshake. We're not pushy. We want you to be happy, and uh, we have a great selection of trucks. 6175 West 10th Street, Greeley. 970-443-5654. 970-443-5654. This is Clay with Wagner Electric Company. We're out of Greeley. We're here to promote our Generac and Cummins standby generators and our service to the community with any electrical needs. We're located at 1517 2nd Avenue in Greeley, 970-800-3693. The biggest thing that we want to promote is that we set the standard and we're here to support you and your needs. 970-800-3693. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and I would like to encourage everyone to make sure they are prepared financially as the Federal Reserve continues to destroy the value of the dollar. Since the closing of the gold window in 1971, the Federal Reserve has led the way in the explosion of debt and the devaluing of your money. They openly say that they need 2% inflation which simply means they hope to devalue your money and they want to do this every single year, year after year. I know it's hard to understand, but the Federal Reserve believes in prosperity through debt and growth via the devaluation of your future. To learn more about how to protect yourself, visit us at allamericangold.com or call us at 800-951-0592 and protect yourself against the devaluing of your money. Hi, this is Sam Cheshire from Build Design America, letting you know that right now we are offering 36 months interest-free financing on all of your kitchen and bath or flooring needs. 
Come see us at 665 Furnage Road in Longmont, Colorado, or give us a call at 303-772-1202. Once again, that's 303-772-1202. Look forward to seeing you soon. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for their news, traffic, weather, sports, and a community connection. It's the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping us safe in dangerous times. It's critical that we keep AM radio in cars, because when cell and Internet services are down, this free emergency service could be your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. KHNC is proud to carry MyKind CBD products. Products include cocoa, top-shelf tinctures, hemp salve, moisturizing lotions, and retinol cream. They also have pet tincture and hemp shampoo for a healthy coat and skin. To see all the CBD products we carry, visit the station at 2 South Parish or check us out online. Go to 1360KHNC.com. Click on the shop button. The views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Excursion Broadcasting Network. like you've been locked up too long in this world well a little longer not much longer because your eternity is just years up the road not many more years the stresses of the evil in the world, the stress of the evil in the world uh, is going to force Christ to return. He said that if he didn't return, no flesh would be saved. So Christ is coming. Welcome to the third hour of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry radio church program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez, 
the founder of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry, June 2nd, 19, I'm sorry, 2001. I was going to give you my birth date. 2001, June the 2nd, at sundown, just prior to 9-11. I was, uh, I'm going to continue with the story of Jacob, Rachel, and Leah. Leah has four children right off the bat. Rachel has no children. Rachel gives her mistress, Billa, to Jacob to bear children. She has a child, Dan, who would become the the uh, the child of Jacob's that would lead the children of Israel into witchcraft. Then she has Naphtali. Leah realizes she can't have children any more children, so she she gives Zilpa her maid to Jacob as a secondary wife. Zilka Zilpa bears Jacob a son. Then Leah said, victory and good fortune have come, and she named him Gad, or fortune. Zilpah, Leah's maid, bore Jacob another son. Leah said, I am happy, for women will call me blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied. She named him Asher. There's a pattern. Leah is fertile. And her handmaid is fertile. Rachel is infertile, but her handmaid gives her two children. Reuben, at the time of the wheat harvest, found some mandrakes or apples in the field and brought them to his mother, Leah. Rachel said to Leah, Give me, I pray you, some of your son's mandrakes. But Leah said, Is it not enough that you've taken my husband without your taking, now you're taking away my son's mandrakes too? And Rachel said, Jacob shall sleep with you tonight in exchange for your son's mandrakes. So there was a trade. Jacob came out of the field, so Leah actually prophesied to Rachel. Said, In return for mandrakes, You'll lay with Rachel, I'm sorry, you'll lay with Rachel, you'll lay with Jacob tonight, and you'll, you'll bear children. Jacob came out of the field, Leah went out to meet him, said, You must sleep with me tonight, for I have certainly paid your hire with my son's mandrakes. She slept with him. She slept. So he slept with her that night. God heeded Leah's prayer. She conceived, bore Jacob, her this son. And she conceived to bear Jacob his her fifth son. Huh. Boy, that I just got confused. I'm I just this confused me. And she slept with Leah. I'm sorry, I thought Jacob slept with Rachel. No. Jacob slept with Rhea with Leah. And she bore another child. 
She had four, now she bears a fifth. His name is Issachar. Sorry about that, I'm trying to rush, I should slow down. Leah became pregnant again and bore Jacob, her sixth son. And Leah said, God has endowed me with a good marriage gift for my husband. Now will he dwell with me and regard me as his wife in reality because I have borne him six sons. And she named him Zebulun, which means dwelling. Then she had a daughter called Dinah. But then God remembers in verse 22, this is Genesis 30, 22, God remembered Rachel, answer, answered her pleading, and made it possible to have children. I'm giving you a spiritual principle here. Leah is fertile. Her concubine or her maiden is fertile. Rachel is infertile, but she has through a handmaid two sons. Now she's going to have her first son that she will bear. She said for the first time, she became pregnant, bore a son, and she said, God has taken away my, repro my reproach, disgrace, and humiliation. She called his name Joseph. May he add. She said, May the Lord add to me another son. When Rachel had born Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me away that I may go to my own place and country. Give me my wives, my children, whom I have, uh, for whom I have served you. Let me go, for you know the work which I have done for you. Then Rachel again will have another son, Benjamin. And I think I'm going to I'm going to just have to say eventually Rachel has two two children. Eventually they leave Laban the family Jacob and his sons and his daughter Dinah. They leave and in the future Rachel dies and she's buried uh, before they get on the way back to to uh, Canaan. Abraham bought a field, and in that field was a burial cave, the field of Machpelah. Abraham was buried with Sarah. Isaac was buried with Rebekah. And eventually, Jacob, when he dies, he is buried with his wife, Leah. He is not buried with Rachel. He's buried in the cave of Machpelah. Leah is already there. And he is carried back from Egypt to the cave of Machpelah and is buried with Leah. The principle is this. In our life, in our lives, we will have Leah and Rachel will be with us. Leah is going to be fertile. 
Leah is going to be the least attractive, the least desirable, the one that we really don't care so much about. But Leah will be fertile, and her handmaids will be fertile. Who is Leah in God's plan? Who is Leah? Leah is God's will. Rachel is your will. Your will, what you love, what is most important to you, is Rachel. Leah, God's will, who you need to fall in love with, is the most important. If you fall in love with God's will, God's will will not be as desirable as what you naturally like in your nature. Rachel, in your nature, the things that you love and things that you like and your tendencies will be Rachel. Rachel will be less fertile. Leah, God's will, will be fertile. And you will have child after child after child and at the end of your life, you want to be buried with Leah, with God's will. You don't want to be buried with Rachel. You want to be buried with what you wanted, with your will. You don't want to be buried with your will, with your own desires, with what is important to you. Godly people... You want to be buried with God's will because your rewards in the millennial kingdom will be much greater and eternally much greater. Leah, God's will, is fertile. God's will is what, who you want to be buried with. Now, your will out of your will will come Joseph and Benjamin. Out of your will will come a Dan. Dan eventually leads the children of Israel into witchcraft, into child sacrifice, into worship of Baal. So your own will, you will produce things that will be dis distress, cause you distress and hardship. But still, you will, God will, will still bless you with a Jacob, I'm sorry, with a Joseph and with Benjamin. And Joseph will be used by God to keep you in life. God, this is the great love that God has for you. Now, there came a time, and there must come a time with you, when you're Rachel, you have to have that 
time where God breaks that affection that you have for your will. Your will can work against the purpose of God. But God is sovereign. But Leah, God's will is not attractive. I'm going to tell you from my experience, God's will is not attractive. In my life, with the different places I've been for employment, I just get to the point where I am successful. I am making money. I am, it is well. Things are great. And something will happen. And God gets me pregnant with, like Leah, I get pregnant with God's will. And I, I'm not so sure that I, I'm successful. I'm making money. I purchased a new house. I have a new car. I have a new washer, a dryer, a new everything. And now something has changed. This is the way it is with God. And I have a relationship with God's will. And I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where this is going to, the change in my life, the transition I'm making. I don't know where it's going to end, end up. And then I'm in a new situation. I'm in Western Wyoming, working for a mine, getting paid good money for the 19, for 1980, 81. And then I end up in Colorado working in the oil field, selling oil field tubulars. And it's a struggle. And I tax, I max myself out with all my credit. I, I just not bringing in any income, but I know that's where God has me. So I just stick it out month after month after month after month a half a year, trying to learn the system, trying to learn a learning curve, not making any money. It's winter time, but I'm still having to pay bills. Then I get into the spring. I work for uh, two owners of a company, and finally I get a letter in the mail from one of the owners. It was a Dear John letter, a Dear John letter to Rick. And it said, Dear Rick, thank you for all your wonderful service. Appreciate friendship. And, uh, but as of today, you are no longer employed by this company. Well, it just so happened before I got that letter, that very morning I got a call from Niwot, Colorado, a company I'd been working with. And the young man says, yeah, we want to buy... 10, 10 uh, strings. We want to, we're, we've dr we're drilling 10 holes and we want to buy the tubing for all of these holes. And I made a sale. So I called up the owner in Texas, Gary. I just got fired. What? Yeah, Art fired me. He says, what are you talking about? I said, well, I just got a letter from him and I read Gary the letter. He goes, well, and I said, but Gary... I just got an order for 10 
10 wells. He goes, what? I said, yeah, 10 wells. I just have an order right here. He said, do you have a PO? I said, yes, I do. He said, uh, you're not kidding me? I said, no, sir. He goes, well, forget the letter. And I turned everything over to the the lady there in the office. She confirmed everything. We had a written contract. God saved me at the last second. And then I go on for the next year and a half, and I become successful. And then eventually, all of a sudden, they bring in a new manager, a new salesman who was not very honest about things. And they made a decision, either keep him or keep a righteous, uh, uh, somebody they can trust. They decided to go with the unrighteous individual. So I told the owner, I said, okay, you're going to lose your company. All the pipe in the yard here, they're, you're going to close the pipe yard down. Everything that, uh, everything I spoke to him that day, four points, came to pass a year later, they were out of business. But me, but I, God had taken care of me and moved me on. Leah is not attractive, but Leah is fertile. God's will for you, if you'll let God direct you to Leah, to things that are not attractive to you, you will bear fruit. You will bear fruit. You will be protected by God. Miracles will take place. And you'll get to know Christ and his active presence, which is the thing you want more than anything. His spirit will be upon you. And when his spirit is upon you, uh, you have achieved everything. The one thing that every Christian needs more than anything, and the thing that you need to protect, your birthright. You have a birthright. You have a blessing. It's combined in one simple thought. The Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have the birthright. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have your blessing. So this is the story of Rachel and Leah. I didn't plan this, but for whatever reasons, God felt it was important. I believe him. My mind is saying one thing, but my spirit is saying something else. My people need to fall in love with my will. My people need to fall in love with Leah. My people will be buried with my will if they continue to have a relationship with me and my will. They will be buried with my will. So that's the story. And, uh, but Rachel did give birth to Joseph and to Benjamin. And God will use your Rachels, whatever your Rachels may be, God will use those Rachels to be a blessing to you and to further the kingdom of heaven in your lives. 
but lean to God's will. I pray this prayer, Lord, and, and even it's biblical in the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You're going to make a move. Pray God can shake it. If you're going to do something, it's not of God. Pray that he'll shake it. Because if it can be shaken, you don't want it anyhow. But if it can't be shaken, then the, the plans that you're making will come to pass. They'll be in line with God's will and his plan for you and his purpose for you. We're in a time here in this last decade before Christ returns. I think we might even be within that decade. Uh, things around us are occurring every day. Um, before we go to break, I will just say briefly, the individual that is in the White House presently, God has cursed his mind. He's under a curse. And the people around him are trying to hold his mind together in spite of the curse that God has brought upon his mind. They're trying to hold his mind together. But look at the scripture. One of the things that God says, if you refuse to hold the knowledge of God in your, in your mind, he'll turn you over to a depraved mind and he'll turn you over to a mind that ceases, that will not function. And this individual is under the judgments of the Lord. And that judgment is upon his mind. And everyone around him, to keep him in that position, they are doing everything, working with his mind to keep him somewhat functional. This... Uh, Podcasts are on 1360khnc.com to the Olive Tree site. And again, contact information is P.O. Box 872, Olive Tree Ministry 872, Longmont, Colorado 80502. We're going to be back in just a few minutes and we'll continue with the rest of the program. So we'll be right back. Please stay for another 30 What type of financial advisor are you looking for? A lot of advisors work for some great companies that offer good products, but are they taking a close look at what truly matters to you? Most advisors are unfortunately one-trick ponies and come at you with the same strategy no matter what situation you are in. Most of the time, your advisor isn't even reaching out to you to review things and has no desire to actually build a relationship with you. You want to work with someone who's going to hustle their butt off and compete for you and make sure that you are maximizing your hard-earned dollars. I will work day and night for all of my clients and do everything in my power to deliver the best service possible. Reach out to me, Joey Jaquin, Joe Jaquin son, someone who is going to compete for your business and truly aligns with your conservative values. You can reach me at my personal cell, 602-909-9048. Again, 602-909-9048. 
Final 30 seconds of today's pro 30 minutes of today's program. The song was 30 seconds. I was looking at the at the board here. I, I suppose I should probably I prepared a feast for you today, a spiritual feast, and I suppose I should get to it. Um Psalm 24 verse 6. This is a generation, a description of those who seek him, those who inquire of and for him, and of necessity require him. This generation who seeks your face, O God of Jacob, Selah. Think about that. One generation begins the generations that finish this age. The generation, they will grow to be 40 years of age and then probably 80 years of age. But in that 80-year period, roughly, the children and the great the grandchildren and maybe great-grandchildren of the baby boom generation that began this generation that King David is talking about. That generation will begin to be born right after World War II in the land where the sixth, the seventh king or the seventh president rules over. And he, the seventh king or the seventh president, Donald J. Trump, is a baby boom generation individual. The Antichrist and the coming false prophet, they are also baby boom generation children. I just want you to know you don't have to believe anything. But God, the prophecies of the Bible are being fulfilled right now. And the purpose of those prophecies is to warn us, to give us insight, to reveal to us things that are happening, to prove that we're in the days and years before Christ's second return. And they are to shake you. They are to shake you out of your complacency, to shake you, uh, to shake the dreams that you may have, which are working against you. Dreams that you're going to have another 10 or 20 or 30 years before Christ returns. These are the false dreams that the false prophets and the false teachers and the false apostles of America, of Babylon the Great, are giving the children of God. 
These are doctrines of demons that Christ is not near. There are other things that have to happen or they already happened and Christ is not coming and the world is going to get better. Things are going to change for the better because we have a new election coming and we're going to bring in a Republican group of people who will be able to restore order to this nation. False hope. Prophecies in the Bible say just the opposite. Prophecies in the Bible say that in this time of the seventh king, Donald Trump, the seventh president, that Antichrist will already be active, involved in the plan that he has for the coming years, already in a relationship with the false prophet to fulfill the prophecies about America and the time in which we live. Psalm 24, verse 1. This whole chapter is about our time right now. And it directs us to 2023, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 30, 31. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it, the world and they who dwell in it. Who is trying to take over the world presently? A new world order. But the Lord begins, so David begins, the earth is the Lord's. What are they trying to destroy today? The earth. What are they trying to destroy in the earth? The fullness of the earth. What does that mean? Trying to destroy nature. Trying to destroy the crops that are naturally the seasons where Crops are planted and harvested. They're destroying the natural, uh, the seasons of planting and sowing, of, of, of sowing and reaping. And they who dwell in it, everybody in this world is the Lord's. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the currents and the rivers. He established it. He founded it. This is ascribing greatness to him. This is exactly what David is doing. Verse 3. Who shall go up into the mountain of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? David is saying, there is only one person that he knows of that will go up to the mountain of the Lord in the third heaven and stand in his holy place, and also will return to stand and, and establish David's throne in the millennial kingdom. Verse 4, the one, the one is he who cleans his hands, who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted himself up to falsehood or to what is false, nor sworn deceitfully. 
We have people in the positions of authority in the evangelical churches presently whose hands are filthy, full of filth, full of evil. I'm not talking about those that don't know Christ in the satanic world that have infiltrated the churches in the Catholics, the Catholic Church, Lutheran Church, Episcopalians, Protestants, even in the evangelical churches. I'm not talking about those who are devil worshipers that have infiltrated. I'm talking about the men who have the Spirit of God in them, they are born again, but who have unclean hands that are there for other reasons in those positions, for other reasons than feeding the sheep, protecting the sheep, and a pure heart, whose hearts are vile, whose hearts are full of evil. But the one who's going to be in the positions that God wants him to be in will have to have clean hands and a pure heart. Those who have not lifted themselves up to falsehood. There is so much falsehood in this country. I always come back to number one. There will be a pre-trib rapture. There will not be a, this prophet says, there will not be a pre-trib rapture. There will not be a mid-trib rapture. There will be a resurrection after the great tribulation has ended. The rapture, not, resur not the, the, the resurrection, I'm sorry, the resurrection, not a rapture, or you can say at that time it would be a rapture, but the correct word is resurrection will take place after the Great Tribulation has ended. A doctrine of demon, a pre-trib rapture. A doctrine of demon, demons. America is not in the Bible. A doctrine of demons that... Christ will never allow his children to go through hardship. Verse 5. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Verse 6. This only one verse like this in the scripture. Only one verse. This is the generation. This is the description of those. There will be one generation that is going to seek the face of the God of Jacob. Well, what about previous generations going all the way back to King David? Well, this is talking about a generation, and at the end of the verse it says, they seek they inquire of him and of necessity require him. Of necessity require him. King David is saying they will need him. They're going to seek him. They're going to inquire. But they need him. 
Why does he say they need him? It's important for him to be with us because David is talking about that period of time that will be the distresses on the earth will be distresses like the world has never seen. And it will be this generation of people who have pure hands, clean hearts, or clean hands, pure hearts. These people will need him. If you don't need Christ, if you don't think that you need him today, then look at what's happening in the world. There will come a time when just to exist, you're going to need him. This is one generation. That final generation will be the generation where the pressures and the hardships of life will be so great that the wise people will turn to Messiah. Those who are Christians will turn to the Lord like never before because he's the only hope we have. He's the only one that will be able to help us. He's the only one that will be able to perform the miracles that we're going to need. All of us are in need of miracles. We just don't know it. We don't know what the name, how to name those miracles that we may need. But when the time comes, you'll know. And before, if your hands are clean and your heart is pure, the miracles will come even before you ask. Because God, it is his responsibility to keep the residue of those who are godly, his remnant, his ecclesia. It's his responsibility to keep them, to protect him. Because these will be the individuals that will ascribe greatness and bring honor and glory to his name, to who he is. There is one generation. Now, verse 7, he says, Lift up your heads. O you gates, be lifted up, you age-abiding doors, that the King of glory may come in. It's two implications. One is your head, you need to allow the Holy Spirit. He's knocking. He's knocking on the door. He's waiting for you to open the door to him, to give him permission to come in, permission to assist you, to help you, permission to change your life, permission to to, like I just did the study on Leah and Rachel. He wants you to be pregnant with his will. You have to open the door. He's knocking. And if you do, it says he will come in and dine and eat and buffet with you. A buffet. Not just a one-course meal. 
It will be a buffet. You won't be able to eat everything that's in front of you. There's so much. It'll take you time. But he wants to buffet. He wants to dine with you. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up. You age abiding doors that the king of glory may come in. Remember, King David, he's going to be the king of the coming kingdom. But right now, David is saying, the doors to the east, the, the eastern gates to the city are going to be walled up. He could see, and he's saying here in our time, that those gates that are now shut, they have to be opened. Lift up your heads, O gates. Lift up, you age-abiding doors, that the King of Glory may come in. Who is he? Who's this King of Glory? He's the Lord of hosts. He's the King of Glory. In other translations, it says that Messiah, Christ, is going to come and walk to the east side of those eastern doors that go into the city. If I, if I understand it correctly, the eastern gate. He's going to come by, and for him to be anointed king, those gates have to be opened. What has been boarded up, sealed up, bricked up, have to be open so that he can come through and be anointed king. Now some say that's Christ. Some say it's King David. I have to look into it a little further. But I believe that it's going to be the Lord personally that will walk in through the eastern gates to go to the place I think where the Holy of Holies is to be anointed. And I think Israel has one little vial, maybe an ounce or a half an ounce of ointment for that specific purpose. Another translation says that the Jewish people have to open those gates after Armageddon is completed, after everything is finished, they will open the gates and the king of glory is going to walk by and when he sees the gates opened that's the invitation for him come our messiah come fulfill prophecy walk through the gates come we know you're near we've opened we've taken these ancient gates we've opened them up they're ready please we're waiting for you, our Messiah. This is the Jewish people that still live into, through the hardships of the tribulation and great tribulation, through the hardships coming to Israel. They've opened the gates, and this king is going to walk by in one translation, and he's been walking by. But he's going to walk by this time, and the gates will be open. And then... He will come in, that the King of glory may come in. 
This is at the end of the world. This is the, at the end of the generation that began the baby boom generation in 1945. Israel would begin its baby boom generation or in that type in 1949, early in 1949. After Israel became a nation, then the children who will be the first generation of Jewish people to be born after Israel becomes a nation will be born in 1949, probably February, March. May, possibly January, but I think more February. That will be their generation. Then the king of glory may come in. And who is this king of glory? We know him as Yeshua. We know him as, our, as the Messiah of Israel. We know him as the Savior of mankind, Jesus Christ. Jesus for the, the Hispanic people. Sheshu for the Japanese people. The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Selah. Think of that. This is what is happening in our world. Prophecy is taking place like rocks being thrown into a still pond. One after the other, after the other, after the other. And the sea of prophecy is turbulent. It's not still. There's turbulence in that, in that sea, or that, let's just say a pond. The pond, even ponds don't have big waves. Well, on this little pond, the waves are massive. They'll swamp a boat, and they're, what's coming in the prophecies being fulfilled are going to increase, not decrease. Big prophecies are going to take place. Israel is going to war with the terrorist groups that surround Israel, the tribes of Edom, Moab, Esau, with the Assyrians or Syria, with the uh, Moabites, the Ammonites, the Hivites, the Hittites, all of these, these children of those who have hated Israel, that war is coming. A big, a big stone into that pond. And a bigger stone following that. The Gog-Magog war with Russia. Another big stone. The day that the church, those in the church, who are waiting, watching, that understand prophecy, when they see Antichrist in Second Thessalonians chapter Three, the son of perdition, when he is recognized by the observant believers in the body of Christ. That will be a big one when he signs an agreement with the nation of Israel. That will be the major, major, I don't know if you want to call it a stone, a planet into the pond. Because the tribulation has begun. It has begun. Everything is ready. 
Everything is ready. Prophecy is being fulfilled. We have to be awake. Awake, alert. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're half asleep, you better get some caffeine. You better get a big cup. Because the Lord cannot wait. He has to fulfill prophecy. So, I want to just bless you. May God bless you this week. The podcasts, again, are on 1360khnc.com, All the Tree Ministry. The mailing information, All the Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. God bless you. God bless you. May you be pregnant with God's will. May you be pregnant with the will of God for your lives. God bless you this week. God keep you. God protect you. May God bless you with the blessings that he has ordained for you in this week. May he bless you so mightily that uh, you will just ascribe greatness to him every day. God bless you. I'll talk to you next week. Rick Rodriguez. A lot of radio stations can boast about having two, three, even 500,000 listeners. But what they don't tell you is that their average listener only listens for four minutes. And if they're listening to music, they're constantly changing the channel. Same old boring commentary. Or as soon as a commercial starts playing, they change the station. Here at 1360 KHNC, our listeners listen longer, a lot longer. We have some of the longest continuous listener minutes in the industry. That means our listeners don't change the dial as soon as a commercial starts playing because they don't want to miss one second of their favorite programs. Advertise with AM 1360 KHNC and have your message heard. Call us at 970-587-5003. We have the best rates in Colorado. So call us at 970-587-5003 or 1360 KHNC.com. Bleed stop. Clinically proven to stop bleeding in seconds. From minor cuts to large bleeding wounds, tear open the package and pour directly into the wound. Apply direct pressure and bleeding stops in seconds. It works for people on blood thinners, doesn't sting, is hypoallergenic, and is sterile. Bleed stop. Safe in the wound. Find bleed stop on the KHNC website. Simply click on the bleed stop button at the top of the page. On MyPillow's 20-year anniversary, with over You're 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike and and the MyPillow... 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio.